Recording live from the Lucky Number 7 Lounge in the basement of Dine Drink Travel World Headquarters in the barren wastelands of far west Texas, this is Dine Drink Vegas, the podcast by and for everybody who is stuck at home but wishes they were in the land of neon lights and bad decisions. I'm John. I'm also known as the Baller on a Budget, and here in episode number 18, we're going to give you our best Vegas experiences looking back on 2023. We're going to give you some latest news updates of the stuff that we at least thought was interesting, and of course, we're going to get to that drink of the day. But before we can do any of those amazing things, we have to introduce the founder of Dine Drink Travel, the leader in the luxury lounge, the king of comps, the high roller of the high plains, the man who is always waiting for the limo to carry him away to his luxury resort it's bill say hi to everybody bill hey john how are you i am very good how are you doing I, i'm good but i'm an old man and we're recording this at 7 45 at night and i'm kind of wondering why are we drinking espresso right now well because we're old men and we don't want to fall asleep while we're recording this podcast i don't know sometimes that makes me more interesting Okay, well, that's true, but uh, also the other drink of the day I had planned fell through because uh, we didn't, you know, secure the uh, the ingredients, and I needed something wintry and Christmassy, and uh, I made you a gift last year, and you didn't drink it, so I used it in a drink, and we'll get to that in just a second. Okay, then, well, I am enjoying this. Um, it is an espresso martini. John, will you tell us what you did? So, a normal espresso martini... Uh, depending on the recipe, but generally you're going to do two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of Kahlua, half an ounce of simple syrup, and then you're going to shake all that. Well, I do a diff- different spin on mine. Mine's a little bit boozier, not shocking if you know me, uh, and 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 actually weirdly better for you, or at least better for my old diabetic self. So with each drink, we do have the two ounces of vodka, and Bill, you selected the vodka and you went with... I went with Grey Goose because, oddly, that's the less nice of the two vodkas I have in the house, and I didn't want to use a sipping vodka if we were going to mix it with a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and normally when I do these at home for a mixing vodka, because I keep one sipping vodka around, you've convinced me, I do love Shevkov for sipping, I will buy a Texas-based vodka, used to be a big Tito's fan, now to be Dripping Springs, Grey Goose absolutely works for this. Then, instead of the Kahlua and Simple Syrup... I used a full ounce of my own homemade, uh, it's not really a coffee liqueur. So listeners, here's what I do. Uh, I take a ton of fresh roasted coffee beans, and I I sometimes roast them myself, and I did with this particular batch. Let them degas for just a day so there's not a lot of CO2 coming out. Then I uh, throw them in a mason jar, uh, go about uh, eight ounces of coffee beans to an entire fifth of rum, something 80 proof. Uh, I believe I did this with Florida Kanye for uh, last year, the silver version, not the gold version, although the difference is, is coloring. They're not aging that thing. Uh, and then I sweetened it to taste using artificial sweetener. Now you could use real sugar, but I wanted to cut some calories. But the point being that this is 80 proof still, because I didn't add liquid sweetener. So I'm not diluting this Kahlua, I think is, is like 15% alcohol, something like that. It's not very strong. This kicks. Uh, So wait, side note, why is it then that we all pretended that Kahlua got us so drunk in college? 
because we were young and we drank way too much of it. Okay, fair. Yeah. Sorry, go uh, ahead. And then uh, we added a dash of some chocolate bitters. Uh, we used the Woodford Reserve because that's what you had handy. It's a very lovely bitter. Shook it like it oldest money, strained it. Normally, you would do a martini glass. You could do a Nick and Nora or a lovely coupe like you have. I actually prefer the coupe to a martini glass anyway. And uh, there you go. Oh, so, and, and we, an ounce of espresso, which I almost left out. We did make a fresh ounce of espresso to go with this. So we use the coupes instead of the proper martini glass for a really important technical reason, that my coupes are dishwasher safe, and my martini glasses I would have had to hand wash, and I'm lazy, so there you go. No, but I, I do... I do uh, I do like the coupe glasses, and I can't believe I forgot to mention the ounce of espresso. You could use cold brew concentrate. Don't use just an ounce of leftover coffee. It needs to be stronger than drip coffee. So uh, store-bought cold brew concentrate, you can go with that if you don't have an espresso machine. Uh, You do want to let that chill a little bit. If it's too hot, you'll melt too much of the ice in the shaker and dilute it. Uh, But between the fact that I infused this with good quality coffee beans in my rum and there's real espresso in here, this is far superior to just Kahlua and vodka, which is what a lot of people do. So is there an ounce of espresso in each drink or is there an ounce split between our two drinks? So normally you would do an ounce in each drink as it happens with the espresso machine on your counter. Uh, It happens to pull about a two ounce shot. Uh, It's not as concentrated as two separate one ounce shots. But again, because the homemade coffee liqueur packs more of a coffee kick than, you know, Kahlua, uh, I didn't need as much espresso to get the clarity of the coffee flavor. You definitely could do two one ounce shots. You would get more caffeine and you would get a more pronounced coffee flavor. Uh, it just so happens your machine spits out a, a two ounce shot roughly with about 12 grams of coffee, uh, which is, you know, traditional Italian style, pretty close to a double. They typically do 14 big American coffee shops tend to do somewhere between 18 to 21 grams for a double, but that's way into the coffee weeds and the listeners probably don't care. Fair. Well, I will say that this drink is delicious. What I'm curious about is, am I still going to be awake later tonight? But that's not the worst thing in the world. And this, um, so normally I don't drink as many coffee flavored beverages, except for, you know, actual coffee. This is a real hit. I enjoy this a lot. Yeah, and, uh, you know, coffee flavored rum is just nice to have around. It really works well. Uh, I, uh, when I still had some at the house, cause I'm out at home too, I actually, uh, use this to make a rum and Coke and the coffee flavor mix with the Coke is really interesting. My wife didn't care for it, but I really did. I thought it was pretty darn good. Nope. This is great. Um, one last thing before we start to move on and talk about our best Vegas experiences. Is this something you think you can reliably get in a bar in Vegas or because you made some modifications do you think the average bartender is fundamentally going to be making you a different drink? So if you, it depends on the bar, you're not going to find a homemade coffee alcohol. That's not going to happen. But if you want to get close to this in Vegas, what you want to look for are bars that carry a coffee liqueur called Mr. Black. Mr. Black has a much more clear and uh, thoughtful coffee flavor. It's similar to what I make. Um, You can argue which one's better. I'm partial to my own homemade. But if you want to get close to this in Vegas, higher-end bars will very often carry Mr. Black. Uh, 
you know, and, and don't get me wrong. If you make this with Kahlua, it's a lovely drink. I, I have never had a truly bad espresso martini, but if you're doing this at a bar, what you're looking for is a bar that carries Mr. Black. And that is not that uncommon in Vegas and elsewhere in the higher end bars. They're not going to have it in the service bar at the center of lower end casinos. But if you're someplace nice, they just might have it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I'm enjoying my drink. All right. Well, let's move on. The theme is our best Vegas experiences of the year. So we're going to trade in and out because we both have some honorable mentions. And then we'll get to our, our big takeaway. What was the thing we did this year that we would highly recommend to any listener that if you get the chance, you want to do it. So I guess I'll start. My first honorable mention, and this was amazing, I stayed at the Four Seasons for free. And it wasn't free-free. I traded in some credit card points for it. But y'all, if you go to you know Vegas, particularly during the middle of the week, particularly during a slower time of the year, then your credit card points or your Hilton points or whatever kind of points you collect become unusually valuable, and you can probably get a good deal. The Four Seasons is just a beautiful hotel, and I loved how it was removed from the craziness of the casino floor, but it was also right there by the Mandalay Bay, all inside air conditioning. So you could have that experience when you wanted it, but it was quiet and y'all, it was free. I don't have Four Seasons money most of the time, and I felt like that was a real win. Yeah, and that, you know, credit card points, you know, we've talked about uh, money-saving hacks before, and we definitely will again in future episodes. Um, and and keep in mind that if, if you want to do that, Hilton owns a lot of hotels that aren't super expensive. So it's not like you have to stay in high-end hotels to get those points. Now, granted, the more you spend, the faster you you know rank up the points. But Well, and I mean, Hilton points in particular are good up at Resorts World. But no, I'm pretty sure these were American Express points. And the Four Seasons is just beautiful. Now, I think even their cheap rooms are usually going to be four or $500 a night. And usually, if I'm going to pay that kind of money... Okay, usually I'm not going to pay that kind of money, but if I was, I would I would do something else. But it was just beautiful. It was quiet. The bar was lovely. I would love to have that experience again, and I would love to take my wife with me on that particular trip. Oh yeah, Four Seasons is in Hilton. I was thinking of the Waldorf. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah so my bad. All right. Oh good. So I would say my the first one I'm going to roll out as an honorable mention on a lot of years might have been my favorite. So we went in March on a guy's trip and uh, we were there. We didn't get to stay for the whole first weekend of the tournament. That's not the way this trip worked out. Also, because we were staying on weekdays because during peak travel times, weekdays are cheaper than weekends. So we were going to fly out on Friday morning. That allowed us to catch the first day of the NCAA tournament. We're not sponsored, so they won't sue us. I can say March Madness because we're not making any money yet. We'll have to beep it out if we ever do get enough listeners to make money. Uh, but we were there for the first day of the tournament. And and the plaza was having an event and and you know listen the ballroom at the plaza does not set up for sports viewing the way the sport book does at circa i'm not arguing it does however it is a nice space they were able to put up screens where there were multiple games going on a big enough size that you could pay attention to more than one game the crowd was great everybody was having a good time there was free beer included then there was also a bar if you didn't want the free offerings uh and and it's in the plaza which is just to me one of the coolest spaces in downtown and i just had such a good time betting on basketball lost almost every bet but betting on basketball watching the games 
uh, watching the table in front of us, you know, come unglued with their game. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I'm not even a college basketball fan. I'm a baseball guy and a football guy. I watch almost no college basketball, but I put $20 down in each of the games. That made it fun. And I loved watching the room. Like that's an experience I'd enjoy having again. And I'm not even a big basketball fan. So yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. So Bill, what was your next honorable mention? So my next honorable mention was I was staying at the Delano. I actually stayed at the Delano twice this year. And on a July trip, I went upstairs to Sky Bar. Um, and it's, Sky Bar is just beautiful because you've got these gorgeous views all up and down the strip. I had a great time talking to the bartender. I've actually got some really good footage of the bar on the Dine Drink Vegas YouTube channel but that was beautiful, and I had been trying to get an ex- a, a reservation at Revea, the French restaurant, which is essentially across the lobby there on the top floor of the Delano, and I hadn't been able to, and I noticed, I looked, it was empty. It turned out that particular night, <clears throat> the, um, they had been, they'd have problems with their electronic reservation system, so they were open, but they didn't know why they weren't getting reservations. It, was, it turns out there was a problem with that system. So I was able to get in there on spur of the moment, which I don't think you could normally do. But again, I had two different rooftop experiences with gorgeous panoramic views. Both of those places have outdoor seating. That wasn't relevant to my trip because it was July in Vegas. But if you were going in October, that would probably probably be great. And Ravea does the multi-course French plating that I really love. And it does it for about half the price of Le Cirque. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, Revea certainly to me gave La Cirque a run for its money, but you could go up there and just have the lovely meal, or you could go up there and just go to the bar, or you could do what I did and do both. But I really enjoyed finding that space. It was nice. And it's not that it was cheap because it was distinctly not. It was that it was a really good value for what I got. And that sounds like a really wonderful experience. I'm going to stay in that building with my next one. So on the Labor Day trip with the guys, we had Sunday brunch at Border Grill. And it it, it isn't all you can eat brunch. It's technically not a buffet. You order off a menu, they bring you items out. Um, as an all you can eat experience goes and a brunch experience goes, that to me was easily top five in either category. I would put that up against the buffets, even though your selection is a little bit limited, the quality of the food is so high. And I would put that up against my favorite brunches. Really enjoyed our meal. We were with a good group of dudes. We were having fun, but the quality of that food and y'all listen, we're from Texas and whatever you think of Tex-Mex food, uh, you have lived in Mexico. I've been to Mexico several times. It's not just that we like Tex-Mex. As a matter of fact, honestly, we both eat a lot of Mexican food. We don't, neither of us go to a lot of Tex-Mex places. Like we, we do know real Mexican food. I know a lot of people like Tex-Mex isn't real. Yeah, we know. Sometimes we like that too. We know our Mexican food. I was legitimately impressed with Border Grill. So Border Grill was delicious. I think one of the things which also made it better than most of your typical buffet options is you had a full bar there, and they knew what they were doing with margaritas. Oh, yes. And I think the the full bar made it better. Now, that costs extra, but your drinks are going to cost extra at your brunch anyway. That was was pretty amazing, and that actually kind of contributed to me liking that whole Mandalay Bay complex even more. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I can't imagine a better place. Well, I'll take it back. The only other brunch I would have rather had under that roof is if I could catch the gospel brunch at House of Blues. 
I've just never been able to time it. I typically go on the weekdays to save money, so I'm not there on Sunday mornings all that often. And when I've been there on a weekend, I've never been able to time it where I catch the gospel brunch. That is definitely on my Vegas bucket list. No, that I think would be phenomenal. Well, I've got one more honorable mention before I go to my highlight for the year. And I found a new cigar bar, the Davidoff Cigar Bar up on the North Strip. So y'all, there are several, Davidoff has several cigar outlets on the Las Vegas Strip. So you got to be real careful to know which one you're talking about. I'm talking about a freestanding cigar bar up on the North Strip across the street from the the Wynn. Caddy Corner across from the, the Venetian Palazzo and again across the street from Treasure Island. And it's right in front of whatever that is, fashion show mall, fashion place yeah. mall. Yeah, fashion um, show. But it had... So I got some rhetoric 23-year-old bourbon, and the reason I say that is their drink selection was just amazing. And, I mean, that wasn't a cheap shot. It was a 40 maybe $50 shot, but for an exquisitely good bourbon that they actually had, they had a great cigar selection. They had a whole lot of happy hour drinks that were lovely that were 9 or 10 bucks, and the people-watching experience is unparalleled. And even though it was early in the summer and it was hot, they've got the shade, they've got the misters, they've got both indoor and outdoor seating, that place is my favorite place to have a cigar and one of my favorite places to sit and have a drink. The only thing which took back from it is I happen to be by myself on at that point on that particular trip. I want to go back there with a group of the guys at some point. But yeah, that Davidoff Cigar Bar on the North Strip is absolutely just like that was a great find. That was one of my best finds of the year. So uh, you mentioned people watching. I think I gave people something to watch with my last honorable mention. So on that March trip, I don't know where you and the rest of the guys were. I I think at that point, it was just me and my brother-in-law, and may he rest in peace. I don't think he knows where he he knew where he was. I I think, uh, because we were having a good time on that trip, I think you and Mark still had money to go play blackjack with. And, uh, I was, uh, I was at the end of my bankroll and I don't really do table blackjack. At any rate, I found myself, uh, out in front of Circa and the Golden Gate in front of that stage by Main Street, uh, with some band playing hair metal from the eighties, which I love, even though I no longer have hair. And it was just me and a bunch of other aging Gen Xers having sort of a head banging mosh pity thing. And just random strangers dancing with each other. And it was just one of those weird moments uh, that I, I am not a dancer, folks. I do not dance. It's not my normal thing. But I just made a complete fool of myself in front of that stage with a whole bunch of other people who were also making fools of themselves. All of us entirely too old to dance like that. But did Uh, it cost you a kidney, John? It it did not. And we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was kind of nice to forget that I'm an aging man. Now the next morning, my back reminded me why I don't dance. So I did get a reminder I was middle-aged by morning, but for a moment, and if you were out there on that March evening 
and you were you were there with gray in your hair or your beard or wherever and you were making a fool of yourself with me just revel in that moment because for a moment we were young again and you know what that's what vegas is for that's especially what fremont street is for I mean, that's not even the biggest fool you made of yourself. Should we tell them the story about the buffet? With the we kidney? are never telling that story. I wish you would quit bringing it up. My wife is asking questions. Hush. <laughs> it's a good story. No, it's and a terrible story. You know that I, I have your wife's cell phone number, right? Yeah. No. Although that seems like a horrible cycle of mutually assured destruction. We, we made a vow, and if you break that vow, <laughs> I will burn it down. Yeah, no. Um, so I do regret that I wasn't there with you at that point on that trip, because I think that would have been a whole, whole lot of fun. And that's one of the great things about Vegas, is there are a whole lot of safe spaces to just say what you want to say, or do what you want to do. Now, there's a line out there somewhere, but it's pretty far out there. So John, do you mind if I talk about what my highlight experience was? By all means. So I was sitting at Oscar's Steakhouse one night, and I think it was July, And it was a trip for the YouTube channel, you know, getting content. So I was there by myself and I look up and I'm like, huh, that guy at the table directly across from me looks a lot like Oscar Goodman. Isn't that funny? And then I have more of my drink and work up some courage and all that. And I look at the lady he's dining with. I mean, they weren't seated face to face. They were seated next to each other. And I'm like, wow, that lady next to him looks a lot like the current mayor, Carol Goodman. Isn't that funny? And I had more of my drink, and then I was like, holy mother of martinis, I think that's the mayor's Goodman. So I, at that point, had had enough liquid courage that I walked up and introduced myself. And I felt bad about doing it, because once I broke the ice, the entire rest of the restaurant went up and introduced themselves, because they were asking the same question I was. They were just apparently too sober to go up and ask. But they were lovely and gracious people, and I don't know. It was, just, it, and that's not something you can recreate, right? Like it was just one of those serendipitous moments. But I am so glad I got to do that. I got to meet the OG Vegas gangsters, Oscar and Carol Goodman, and got to meet them there in their own restaurant. And that Vegas experience would be hard to top. Now they're not gangsters; they just represented some. <laughs> uh, that that is fair. And um, represented them quite skillfully in defense of the Constitution and doing many good things. And it was still awfully, awfully cool. And his honor would remind you he could not have been a mob lawyer because there is no mob. Uh, Yeah, I, yes, sir. (laughs) Whatever you say, Mr. Mayor, sir. So, John, what was your best experience in Vegas this year? So, my wife and I made a trip out over July 4th. And uh, I was trying to find online some good place to watch fireworks when I stumbled upon the fact that you can rent a cabana for night swim at the Venus Pool uh, at Caesars Palace for under $200 on weeknights in the summer. And July 4th was on a weeknight. And I booked it. And then a month later, they canceled it, I think, because they expected demand. And then a week later, they emailed me apologizing for the cancellation, offering to reinstate the booking, which I said, yes. Um, And my wife and I got there as soon as the pool opened. We we got our cabana. 
Uh, we, you know, we ordered a couple drinks, we swam a little bit, and we waited for the fireworks. The view of the fireworks from the pool area at Caesars is is really good. I, you you can't see the entire strip, so you're not going to be able to see the fireworks going off over some of the other casinos. However, you're looking straight up at where the fireworks are going off over Caesars itself, and the way the towers are are built, the sound of those fireworks echoes back down towards the pool, not to the point that it's deafening. Right? It it, it wasn't too loud it bordered on too loud but you could literally feel the concussions of the explosions a little bit after you saw them because light travels a little bit faster than sound and it really was um you know for for a couple that's been married at the time 23 going on 24 years we've passed that mark since then um you know you you wonder how many more magic moments you get with the girl you fell in love with in your youth and how do you rekindle that and, 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 and find that that was just one of those moments where no offense to you and the other guys we go to Vegas with. That's a moment I'm glad I shared with my wife. She was the right person to be there with. And, and you know, are you if saying you, she's prettier than I am, John? I'm saying she's a lot prettier than you are. What if uh, I danced again? Yeah, no, let's not do that. It was a good dance. It, that's arguable. But the point being, if you happen to be in Vegas over July 4th and you happen to be with your significant other and they happen to be offering those pool cabanas that night at a price you can afford, listeners, please do yourself a favor. Go do that. No, that actually sounds like fun. And I, I would love to have recreated that specific experience with a group of the guys. I get it that that's a, a different thing than a trip with your romantic other. Yeah, I'm not holding your hand during the big finale. I held hers. You're on your own. Yeah, but you know what? I bet you could hold a beer as we all hung out or something, right? Like, they'd sell you oh, a beer. Oh, why? That's a thing I could do. Yeah. All right. Well, so, no, I think those were all great experiences. And I guess before we move on to news, is there anything you're doing next year that you're particularly looking forward to? You know, I'm going to stop you there. I think we're going to do our preview episode a little bit later in uh, January, listeners. That's what we call in the broadcasting business a tease. Okay, then. Well, then what's going on in Vegas news? So first headline, Fountain Blue is now open. There were several news stories that came out of this, but the one that I kind of loved was that one of the performers the first night for Fountain Blue was Justin Timberlake of bringing sexy back in that song from the troll movie, My Children Won't Stop Singing. Uh, He performed at Fountain Blue. And later that evening, the wind snapped a picture of him and his woman walking down the hallways at the wind because even though they performed a fountain blue, they stayed at the wind. And that instituted a little bit of an internet beef, which is a part of a series of ribs that the two properties have taken at each other, especially since they've sort of uh, sniped each other's staff and had a little bit of a beef. So that was kind of fun. So how did that happen? Like how did the fountain blue not just like comp him a nice room for free? So nobody's really talking. Uh, the Timberlake camp has not said anything. Fountain blue has not said anything. The win other than the, the now deleted tweets, uh, have not said anything. So I'm not sure how that worked out. Um, who knows? Maybe some concern that Fountain Blue would not really open on time and he just still wanted to be in Vegas. Okay. But so that's, yeah, it seems like there's a pretty big public relations fail there. 
Well, I'm going to jump out of line. We talked about a, a, an opening. We're going to get to a closing because I like symmetry. And then we'll get to your story because I want to hear your story. All right. So wherever there's an opening, there's got to be a closing. And it sounds like the Avengers station at TI will be uh, closing soon, according to Vital Vegas, at least. Well, um, I would say that's sad if I had ever been there. But I also respect that I'm essentially the only person I know who's not in to the, the superhero characters. So I, I am sad that attraction is going because I know a whole lot of other people liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it looks like a lot of fun. If I ever take my kids there, assuming it's still there, that would be a thing they would enjoy doing. But, you know, all right, all good things. So I guess my news story, and I realize this is a theme I return to a lot, but that's because it is really important if you want to understand the long-term future of the city of Vegas. But we reported in episode 16 that Lake Mead water levels were slightly above their 2021 levels, and they're continuing to go up. Um, they're now at 100,060, or pardon me, 1,066.85 feet above mean sea level, whereas last year they were at 1,043.9, so it's up about 23 feet from last year, which is a giant volume of water, which has bought Vegas a couple more years of water, a couple more years of power generation. There are, uh, there are other pieces of good news. The Department of the Interior has reached an agreement with some of the western states, which should decrease the amount of water which is drawn out of that river. They're anticipate, the weather forecasters are anticipating another wet year. So what that means is that Lake Mead should continue to go up next year, which is huge news for the long-term future of Vegas. Now, they've still got a bad need to um, conserve water because it's the desert. There will be another drought, and it will happen pretty soon. But for the short term, the worst of the most immediate part of the Vegas water crisis is over, and they have bought themselves the time to focus on the long-term solutions. Fortunately, the Southern Nevada Water Authority is one of the more competent government agencies that I think I've ever encountered. So there's some chance that actually happens. Yeah. And we, we've talked about that in previous episodes. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure something out over the long term. But that is that is good news because I want to keep going to Vegas and I would like to be able to shower while I'm there. So um, I think Vegas would like me to be able to shower while I'm there, to be honest. Uh we would all also, one of the things which has traditionally happened in Vegas is water features, one of which um, may be going underway. But what's going on at the Mirage right now? So the Mirage has started to uh, to uh, do construction in the pool area. Apparently, both the dolphin habitat and the uh, lion habitat from the old Sig Siegfried and Roy show are going away. Some of the existing pools will be uh, redone a little bit. They will still have a pool complex, but the casino, they're going to enlarge the casino out that way, and they're going to have to clear out some room. So Hard Rock actually plans, and I think Mirage has a decent sized casino. Mirage says, nope, nope, not enough. So they're going to push that back there. Apparently, there's a theater expansion coming. Uh, I'm hoping they keep the uh, love show that they worked that out with Cirque du Soleil. I think it's such a good fit for a Hard Rock themed hotel. Um, but yeah, that transformation is starting. They will keep the Mirage branding until they're done. So it is still the Mirage, but it's going to be less the Mirage with every passing day until they finally get that uh, guitar tower up and rebrand. And as much as I'm looking forward to the new hotel, I loved the Mirage as it was. That is sad for me to go. Um, one other thing, do you know anything off the top of your head about what's going on 
with the water feature out front with the volcano and the like the the fountains that were going off of the volcano and all that has it shut down yet so apparently the the volcano is temporarily back of course it's going to be the the paramount mountain for the super bowl or the giant poop emoji if you happen to be scott from vital vegas uh there is no word on when that water feature and volcano show are going to be kaput uh my guess is they're going to do the construction on the back of the property first and then turn around to start building that that uh, casino tower. It'd be really interesting to see how they time that around F1. Because I don't think F1 wants to see construction cranes building a hotel tower on their racetrack. So this is going to be really interesting. Well, and they would probably charge the construction cranes for a ticket just in case they accidentally caught a glimpse of the race. Yeah, you can't have Bob the Builder getting a peek. No, that wouldn't be any good. Well, speaking of things where we know something's going on, but we don't have all the news, the Las Vegas A's have continued to delay their announcements about stadium design. They were supposed to have a big press conference reveal three weeks ago. Over the last 24 hours, you're starting to see news stories about the A's owner displaying some of his art in the new stadium, but they're not talking about the actual stadium design, and it turns out it's really hard to fit a major league stadium on nine acres. I still expect it to happen, but I'm really curious about why they don't have more of this ironed out at that point, because that nine acres hasn't grown or shrunk at all, right? Like it's always been what they had to deal with. And it strikes me as this is the sort of thing they would have sorted out sooner. So I'm kind of curious about what's going on there, but it's, yeah, they still haven't produced the public renderings, which I would think is one of the first things that you want to do to get the local population excited about the the team that's coming, right? Like that's one of the things which makes it real. Unless you know your renderings look like poo-poo, in which case you don't do that. You uh, delay that as long as possible. Okay, there there is that. So what is going on? Um, so one of the things which is going to, the, the draws for a baseball team in Vegas is in addition to local support, it may in a lot of ways become America's baseball team because of all the tourist traffic going on in Vegas. What's going on in general with tourist numbers in Vegas this year, John? So according to J- Jacob Orth of Jacob's Life in Vegas, also known as the unfairly handsome tall guy, uh, Jacob says that uh, the numbers he got shows that through the end of the month of October, 34.1 visitors had been to Las Vegas so far this year. Wait, 34.1 visitors. Oh, yeah, that should be million. Yeah, okay, fair. Don't let the a- dyslexic guy r- do the run sheet. Uh, 34.1 by the way that one tenth of a visitor um anyway uh 34.1 million visitors so far this year up six percent for previous year uh from the same time period yeah i'm done i I, okay you take it uh apparently 31.30 okay now i can't do it your dyslexia and your vodka has impacted me i blame you it's not just because i'm an idiot wait i got it okay more people vegas good Vegas, good. Vegas, good. You All know right, what's so hold not on. good? Uh, the way we talk? Yeah. Yeah, so hold on. I do this because in, in my church, sometimes I stand up and read scripture. I've read scripts before. I read scripts in my professional work and all that. I should be able to do this. Let me see if I can read a simple sentence fragment. 34.1 million visitors hit Vegas so far in 2023, up 6% from the same point last year. 
I just finished a sentence. I feel like I deserve a prize. Your prize can be a bag of Doritos because they are currently advertising them in Vegas by turning the side of the Luxor pyramid into a giant Dorito. Um, I, I, I hesitate to ask, but John, what do you mean? They're turning the side of the Luxor into a giant Dorito. You, you, you know how the side of any pyramid is a triangle? I, I do. You know how Dorito is a triangle? So, but like, did they paint it or did they put on one of those skins? I, I'm sure it's a, one of those skins or a projection, but ugh. why? Oh, no, no, yeah. not good. No. All right. No. Well, then I think that is most of the rest of our news. I did want to let the uh, our listeners know that in addition to the Dine Drink Vegas YouTube channel, I have a second YouTube channel we do called Dine Drink Travel, where we have been talking about some of the last cruises we've taken. Um, you could go to the Dine Drink Travel YouTube channel, start to look for more about the airplane trips we're taking, in particular some of the meals on American Airlines, some of our business class flights, other stuff like that. And they'll continue to be the short and focused videos that we put on Dine Drink Vegas, just on the Dine Drink Travel YouTube space. And that is a great way to keep up with us. And you never know, we might even post links to some of those videos on our many social media platforms, which are... Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I think probably threads at both Dine Drink Vegas and Dine Drink Travel. Okay, and I'm Don Dine Drink John on Twitter, X, whatever it is. If I'm the last one out, I promise I will turn off the lights <laughs> unless Mr. Musk has a robot to do that for me. Anyway, this may or may not be our last episode in 2023. If not, uh, we'll come back with another end of the year episode after Christmas, and uh, then we'll kick back in for 2024. Thanks for listening.